Pitts. Welcome to episode 25 of This Week in Marvel. 25 of This Week in Marvel. It is the 25th episode of the best podcast that covers just Marvel every week. There's probably one podcast that covers just Marvel every week, and it's this one. I am Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel Digital Media Group, joined by... Marvel.com Associate Editor Ben Morris, who is conflicted. I'm excited. We've made it to our silver anniversary, but I'm also chagrined that we've been so busy, and you'll hear about all the stuff we've been busy with, that we completely, until Blake said 30 seconds ago, it's the 25th episode, forgot it was the 25th episode, so we really didn't get anything special. So that means we got to start planning for episode 50 now. Yeah. We silver, can't let this happen again. You could put silver holofoil hologram yeah. die-cut covers computer. on computers, right? On your iPod or whatever yeah. you're listening to this stuff. Yeah, totally. But yeah, man, 25. What a dream. The big I, one. I am also joined by... Blake Garris, associate producer, who has been busy as well. Thanks, and, Blake. Um, we're also joined by... Uh, Nancy, web editorial intern. This is Nancy's last yep. podcast with us last week at Marvel because yesterday she told us she was taking a job that starts next week. So future interns, prospective employees, don't give your place of employment, even if it's an internship, four days notice that you're leaving. That's not the way to do it. But Nancy's always been kind of a mercenary. She, she has probably should have seen this coming. Yeah. And we wish her well. We wish her the best. It's going to be a very uh, different podcast next week. Yeah, I'm just happy to see our interns go off and get jobs and be awesome. So, yeah. yay, Nancy. Nancy, what are you doing? Medical editing and advertising. Oh, I think we've prepared you perfectly yeah. for that field. Everything that you yeah. learned here has prepared you exactly for that. Yeah, it's that... drugs. Awesome. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good. Yes. So, your time on this podcast will serve you well. If you're just joining us for This Week in Marvel, it is, again, the podcast for all the Marvel news, new releases, information, and fan questions and comments. So, if you have a comment or a question about anything Marvel or just about the podcast itself, use the hashtag this week in Marvel on Twitter. We check that feed every week. You could also tweet to at agent underscore M, at Ben J. Morse, at Blake Garris. That's it. No, also at Strami. Strami, yeah. who is our intrepid West Coast reporter, will be chiming in later. You can still tweet at Fangirling Daily for another couple weeks. That's our other intern, Carrie. I don't know. She just seems to disappear <laughs> every other day. She's going to have to step up now <laughs> the next couple weeks. You and I have been interviewing interns left and right for the next round. So yeah. We'll have a new Nancy in no time. Yes. But there's only one Nancy. Thank God. Yes. Why don't we just dive right into Seriously. this week's new comics? Okay. We're going to start off with a bang on Amazing Spider-Man number 684. Watch what you're doing with that hammer, Ryan. It is there Stormbreaker. It is. Stormbreaker nearly took my head off. Very cramped space in here. Amazing Spider-Man number 684. Part 2 of Ends of the Earth by Dan Slott with Umberto Ramos stepping in on art here. Last issue of Amazing Spider-Man, we saw the Sinister Six basically own the Avengers. It was shocking. It was crazy. It was really cool to see the Sinister Six stepping up here. Here we've got Spider-Man and Black Widow are the only two who escape. Uh, the rest of the Avengers are in captivity. They do it with the help of Silver Sable, who I know is a Dan Slott favorite. She's going to play a major role 
role in this storyline, and she gets to be very cool. Dan Slott really shows us why not only Spider-Man is very cool, but here's why Silver Sable's really cool. Here's why Black Widow's really cool. And with this issue, we kind of start with, to borrow another Spider-Man storyline from a few years back, we start the gauntlet as Spidey's got to start taking down the members of the Sinister Six in order to get to Dr. Octopus, who is still launching a massive plan. Background, he's basically holding the world hostage, but in a weird way where he's kind of holding the world hostage, saying, unless you let me save you from global warming, I will destroy you, something like that. But very complex stuff from Dr. Octopus. This issue is really about Spider-Man, Silver Sable, and Black Widow against the uber-powered Sandman. It's another great fight issue. It's another very clever issue. It's another how are they going to get out of this one issue. And again, Spider-Man, through his gadgets and through his smarts, finds a way to perhaps beat Sandman. At least finds a unique way to combat him. And then at the end of the issue, even if he's taken Sandman down, there's still a lot of work to be done. So Ends of the Earth is a beautifully drawn, and cleverly written storyline thus far. Dan Slott is not disappointing and it's turning forward very nicely. This week we have Avengers number 25 which is an Avengers versus X-Men tie-in. It's by Brian Michael Bendis with art by the immortal one. Walter Simonson. Oh, yeah, Walter Simonson. It's a pleasure to see him back at Marvel, back doing art, and back doing these characters who he's tackled some of them, he hasn't tackled others, but seeing him with the inks and colors by Scott Hanna and, and Jason, Keith, Jason yeah. Keith is really, very cool. Well, what I like about these AVX tie-ins is they start off with a bit from the most recent issue, whatever they're, they're closely tied to, of the main series, in this case, a bit of the battle that's going on on Utopia, and then switches over to a different scene. In this case, it's about the Avengers dealing with Monica Rappuccini, who is Scientist Supreme for AIM, and really throwing the spotlight on Protector, Novar, who was Marvel Boy, who is the their Kree scientist soldier dude on the Avengers, and it's cool. They just womp some ass all over AIM, and it opens up a big point for Novar, which will be explored in Avengers vs. X-Men, and which has definite consequences for the series. Speaking of the big smackdown on Utopia, Avengers vs. X-Men round two, issue number two, is also out this week, written by Jason Aaron in the lead, with help by... Brian Bendis, Jonathan Hickman, Ed Brubaker, Matt Fraction, and drawn really, really coming to life here by John Romita Jr. with inks by Scott Hanna and colors by the great Laura Martin. Not to mention letters by the immortal. Did you use immortal already? I did. Not to mention letters by the incomparable Chris Eliopoulos. We have AVX round two. And for those of you who said, hey, there wasn't enough fighting in issue number one, don't worry because you get wall-to-wall fighting here. This is just a crazy fight issue. It's the Avengers storming Utopia, trying to get Hope Summers. It's what the title says, man. It's Avengers versus X-Men, and Johnny turns it up to 12 here. The art here is so cool. There's a panel I love where Cyclops is basically... He's trying to take on about five opponents as one, so he's just swiveling his head and his optic blasts are going everywhere. It's a great one of Luke Cage just decking Namor in his jaw. There's Red Hulk coming up from behind and attacking Colossus. You've got Cyclops versus Captain America. You've got Doctor Strange versus Magic. You've got Emma Frost versus Iron Man. And you've got cool little moments, like basically Cyclops is going after Captain America and he angles one of his blasts to just deck Wolverine in the back of the head, which is a nice little touch. You've got Quicksilver running from New York to San Francisco just to punch Magneto in the face. 
This is what we've been waiting for, and it's only issue two of 12, but this is kind of what we've been waiting for as far as the promise of the title of Avengers vs. X-Men. This is the stuff you wanted when you were a kid, playing with your action figures, just seeing these characters go at it in fun, big, awesome ways. The art is incredible, the colors are incredible. You've got the augmented reality, which I was playing around with last night. Some really cool stuff there done a lot by our own video team here at marvel.com i had the great privilege to write the text for a lot of it so it was cool to try to read my own text and just say oh god i could have done that so much better but there's some cool twists in here wolverine and spider-man kind of have their own agenda at the end hope gets a big character moment but it is what it is this is the fight issue you're going to get so much out of the access event it's got everything first issue with a lot of setup this issue is a lot of fight next issue's got something else completely different having read the scripts having seen the previews so excited this is the issue that really got me amped for this event though because i'm like all right this is really going to be as epic as we have promised so man i can't say i I, I could keep going i I can't because we got to get this podcast going we got other places to be but i love this issue of avengers x-men you sounded more like Shawn michaels there than i think you've ever sounded i can't Shawn michaels this early in the show i don't know where i'll be by the end of the show if i start Shawn michaels in now defenders number five is out this week by matt fraction with art by mitch and betty brettweiser it's a really cool story where the defenders team is under the sea they're dealing with some atlantean stuff they discover the nautilus captain nemo's famed ship from uh, the Jules Verne story, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, or so it seems it's that ship. There's lots of cool stuff, some tidbits and hints and twists about Namor's heritage and his parents and some fun stuff, and a lead into where the story is going next with some Iron Fist stuff. And I know I'm trying not to spoil anything because it was was a really cool issue, a lot of stuff going on, some twists and turns afoot. Also this week, The Incredible Hulk number 7 by Jason Aaron with art by Wilf Portacio. You know, like, I, I love this book, but it's such a downer. There's just so many points in it where I'm like, man, Jason is just so cruel mm. to characters. He does things to the characters, and it's a great story, great storytelling, but I just get bummed out all the time. It's the two sides of Jason Aaron, because we got Wolverine and the X-Men later this week. He's both the most morose cruel man on earth and the most fun loving uh, let's have a party and he's also I forgot to mention he's featured in the augmented reality on uh, AVX number two uh-huh. so there's a page if you click Jason Aaron literally comes out of your comic and starts explaining one of the scenes to you yeah. and his beard is just, just at full glory and it's one of the most inspiring and terrifying things to ever jump out of a comic at me someone at C2E2 this past weekend asked how they deal with getting food in their beard mm. and Jason's like you just don't care he's <laughs> like I just stop caring about it yeah you know and it, it, it seemed at that moment his beard flared up and became yeah. majestic phoenix flames yeah that's your future Blake babyface Garris yes I've had Jason Aaron type beards before. You yeah. better grow one. I don't believe that for a second. Get ready for that. Jason Aaron type beards. All yeah. Right. But anyway, back to Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah, please. You've got Doctor Doom in it. You've got the fate of Bruce Banner and Hulk and, and how that really broke down. And another great issue of Incredible Hulk. This is uh, it's a twisted, twisted story. 
Very much so. Over in Invincible Iron Man number 515, it's the final chapter of Demon, and this issue really stars War Machine. It's Tony Stark, who's had his armor shut down, is trying to run to aid War Machine in a battle against the Melter, Living Laser, and a new Whirlwind, and War Machine is very much outgunned, which is saying something for War Machine, because he's got guns all over him, but this is James Rhodes at his finest, standing up, mouthing off, refusing to quit, going up against these super powerful supervillains. It's all the stuff that the Mandarin, Stain, Hammer, Babbage, all these guys have been thrown at Tony Stark and it ends up impacting not just him but the people he cares about. This sets up the next storyline for Invincible Iron Man long way down and it's going to be some harsh emotional stuff. The art by Salvador La Roca is just, what can you say about it at this point? It's been doing Invincible Iron Man for going on five years now and it looks prettier each and every time. His redesigns are brilliant. The fight in this issue is brilliant. This is a big issue, setting up even bigger stuff. And again, Tony Stark is not the star of this issue. It's War Machine, and that makes it a different kind of issue. A lot of good stuff for all the characters in this issue of Invincible Iron Man. John Carter, Gods of Mars, number two out this week, by Sam Humphreys, art by Ramon Perez, and Gorgeous Colors by Jody Belair. I saw both Sam and Ramon this past weekend at C2E2, and... This issue is great, whatever, you know, I, I love this series, and I think it's one of the most gorgeous books we have out right now, and as an adaptation, it's far and away really does so much for getting my interest peaked about the material, but there's one point in this, there's a big twist in this book that I didn't know, I'd never read the original stories by Edgar Rice Burroughs, but I was talking to Sam at C2E2, and I was like, dude, 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 I read the book! You, you guys did really well with getting that in there. And he's like, yeah, it's crazy because in the original story, it is almost said straight away. It's not left as mm. a twist. It's not left as any sort of cliffhanger. Yeah. So kudos to Sam and Ramon for keeping it going and for giving something cool like that to, to the book. Sam Humphrey's basically saying, Edgar Rice Burroughs, you didn't Chump. do it right. Chump. I'm going to show you how to write John Carter. This, yeah. is, this is the way it's done. Eat that. Yeah. Very bold by Sam Humphreys, yeah. but yeah, that was a great book. Great book. Also this week, we have the final issue of Marvel's The Avengers Prelude, Fury's Big Week. You've got plot by Chris Yost and Eric Pearson with script by Eric Pearson. And you've got art by Augustin Padilla and Wellington Alves. If you guys are keen to see Marvel's The Avengers, and I know you are because I've been reading all the tweets and talking to so many fans. Also, you know, you exist in the world yeah. where it's pretty well known. Yep. This is a terrific issue. Again, this ties in all the different films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You've got bits from Incredible Hulk. You've got Iron Man 2. You've got Captain America, you've got Thor. You've this issue really starts kind of cinching up the timeline yep. and showing you the real behind-the-scenes, haven't-seen-it stuff yet. So this is a very cool, very important issue. Yeah, and it was even really cool because in The Incredible Hulk, you get the bit with Samuel Stearns in the comics becomes the leader. Right. And you get a little tiny hint of that in the movie. Yeah. You get a, a better idea of what happens in that scene to what happens with him in that scene in this comic, but... It's a really laugh-out-loud, funny moment, and Black Widow's awesome, Fury's awesome. It's 
you got to read this if you're going to see the movie. Moon Knight comes to a conclusion this week with issue number 12 by Brian Bendis and Alex Malev, color by Matt Hollingsworth. This is the climax to everything Bendis and Malev have been doing for a year now with Moon Knight. It's his final showdown with Count Nefaria. It's his final showdown with his own sanity for now. It's gritty. It's violent. It is not at all pretty, but this is the fight that Moon Knight's been training for this entire time. He goes head-to-head with Nefaria, a guy who was way out of his weight class, and he holds his own. Can he ultimately pull it off? Can he get revenge for the death of Echo? We find out in this book, and by the end of the book, it sets up, as Bendis is wont to do, being who he is, sets up a far bigger story, and also sets up the next step in the life of Moon Knight. This week, we have New Mutants. So beautiful. Number 41. So beautiful in every way. You know, my time is limited for everything whether it's reading comics or playing games or hanging out with my cats or whatever. So it's rare for me to read a comic book twice. This week, I read Avengers vs. X-Men twice, and I read New Mutants number 41 about two and a half times. And, yeah, think about that for a while. Yeah, no, I'm puzzling over it. You you guys know I love me some New Mutants. Dan Abner and Annie Lanning are doing great work. And in this issue, you have David Lopez, Alvaro Lopez, and Val Staples on art, Mm -hmm. which is, this is the mega powers of comics art right here. David Lopez is Hulk Hogan. Yeah. It's so good. This has no real fights in it. I mean, there's there's one tiny fight, but it's not like the New Mutants. It's not a fight. Yeah, the New Moons crew aren't fighting supervillains, they're not fighting monsters, they're not on an island being infected by a virus, they're all bummed out after the awful events of the last couple issues, and Blink shows up, Mm -hmm. all excited. Ready to party. Ready to party. Yeah. This was so exciting for me. I was like, I love this character like this. She's so happy, she just wants to have fun and see the, the people who got her to sort of go back into the world. Right. And we haven't really seen this Blink. No. Ever. No. Because we had original Blink, who was gone after a couple issues. She was so timid in that. Yep. Then we had Age of Apocalypse Blink, who was cool, but that was another reality. Then we had Blink come back in Necrotia, in New Mutants, and she was a little grim. The Blink we get in this issue is... I'm with you. She's one of my favorite characters. Come on along a long while. Just so unstoppably positive bubbly, happy. I'm kind of mad at Dan and Andy that they're not using her as a regular cast member, but that makes her appearances much more special, but I'm going to let you go on. I'm going to let you keep going. No, I mean, everything you just said, and she wants to take the entire New Mutants crew out to have some fun, to loosen up a little bit. Whether they like it or not. And she finds out it's Warlock's birthday, more or less. Oh, yeah. And so she, she, she just orders them to party by basically blinking them to Madripoor. Madripoor for a big giant party. Yeah. And it's terrific. If you guys like female butts, bare-chested dudes, or awesome facial expressions, yeah. this book has so much of that. And that really runs the gamut. That's the big three. Yeah. That's pretty much everything you could want yeah. out of a comic. It's really, this is one of those books that I don't even want to set it on. I've gone full circle. Yeah. I, want to, I, don't, wanna, I can't even destroy it anymore. You want to hug it. I just, just love it. It's so good. There's so many little sequences. As you're flipping through it, I'm noticing, like, oh, I love that sequence. I love that sequence. It's just clever. It's clever the way only two British men can be. <laughs> but it's a soap opera. It's these guys working out their relationships, whether it's Sunspot and Magma, whether it's Danny and Nate Gray, whether it's 
Cypher doing the best he can, whether it's Warlock making the most bizarre connection ever. Not bizarre, but just this sweet, uh, you know, again, not spoiling anything. But, yeah, the art is, like, it's as close to, like, almost manga-esque as it can come while still being distinctly a superhero comic. And what impressed me the most was for an issue with no fights, all talking, it never loses momentum. No. From page to page, it's just what happens next? What happens next? I want to know what happens next. I don't want this to be over. Yeah. It is one of the most well-done comics, period, but just as far as talking issues, just brilliant. I love the facial expressions and everything. Everything. You could spend the whole... Yeah, I could spend a whole podcast talking about this. So good. I think you should issue another New Mutants challenge yeah. with this issue. No one took me up for my last New Mutants challenge. but Cowards. If New Mutants number 41, you don't like it, buy it. If you don't like it, find me. I'll pay you back in cold, hard cash and give the comic to someone who really appreciates someone it. Someone with a heart. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen because it's happen. so damn good. Yeah. Whew. That was, was training. Punisher number 10, part 2 of the Omega Effect, continuing the crossover between Punisher, Avenging Spider-Man, and Daredevil. Basically, Punisher, Spider-Man, and Daredevil put into effect their plan where they're going to start going after the various crime families affected by the Omega Drive so they can distract them so that Reed Richards can unravel the Omega Drive. Again, beautiful art by Marco Cicchetto. This is written by Greg Rucka, who just nails Daredevil so well here. Does a great job writing him with Rachel Coles Alves. They have some great moments. Spidey has some great quips with Punisher. The fun in this is seeing these three interact. There's some beautiful art and beautiful action in the process. The two pairings I just discussed, I love. I love Daredevil with Coles Alves, but I really love Spider-Man and the Punisher. I love Spider-Man just rambling and rambling and Greg Rucka's Punisher just taking it. So this is a great issue, continuing a great storyline that I'm really enjoying. Speaking of great storylines, over in Thunderbolts, number 173, written by Jeff Parker, drawn by our buddy Declan Shalvey. The Thunderbolts versus Thunderbolts story continues, and the focus really falls on the fixer here, re-exploring his past as they encounter the original Thunderbolts, the current team does. They fight with them, they eventually team up with them, because it's a Marvel comic, and in the process, you know, everyone has different reactions, everyone's kind of exploring, this is how I feel about this guy, this is how I feel about this person, learning this about myself. Fixer is devastated, I feel so bad for him. Techno, Uh his old school incarnation, is still, you know, kind of living it up, he's hitting on Satana, doing all this stuff, and just reminding Fixer of how his life has not gone according to plan. He sits in a jail waiting for missions to be given to him. He used to be a cocky supervillain who wanted to take over the world. He wanted women. He wanted money. His younger self is pissed. And his younger self is pissed. His younger self is letting him have it. And he's basically saying, you know, you blew everything for us. It's interesting because we always think about, we're like, oh yeah, no, Fixer did the right thing. He became a good guy. He became a hero. But you really see through this issue about, wow, he kind of became a loser in the process. And that's rough because you feel for this guy. And what happens at the end of this issue is kind of shocking. It's huge and and it's going to launch the Thunderbolts into a whole new stratosphere, yep. if you will. Uncanny X-Force, number 24 out this week. They, you know what? They haven't reached their silver, their 
Is it Silver Anniversary? It's Silver Anniversary when you go 25. Yeah, yeah they've not reached that yet. No. We did. No, we beat Uncanny X-Force to the Silver Podium. Eat that, Remender. Yeah. So in this issue, you've got the aftermath of the whole crazy fiasco with Captain Britain and the, just the horrors that the team went through there. But it, the team split a little bit here. You've got, say, Psylocke and Phantom X first dealing with the funeral of her brother. Yeah, hopefully you've read this. I don't want to spoil too much. Mm -hmm. But you've got that and them dealing with their own stuff together. There's a huge moment that happens there. A couple huge moments, I should say. And then on the other side, you've got Age of Apocalypse Nightcrawler, Deadpool, and Wolverine going after Age of Apocalypse Iceman, which they had been waiting for for several issues since the whole Age of Apocalypse stuff had happened. Iceman came back. He had betrayed his friends. He killed Sunfire. All kinds of awful stuff. And in this, the Uncanny X-Force crew gets theirs. It's a rough it's issue. It's sad. Yeah. It's very sad. Very sad. It's all narrated by Nightcrawler, which really makes it worth it, because Nightcrawler is going after his former best friend. Yep. Guy he used to, you know, really care about, and as he is pummeling this guy, is telling us how hard it is for him. It's rough. Uh, they've been through so much. There's tons of great, dramatic, emotional, and action-packed moments throughout this book. Remender, as always, is doing phenomenal work, and I'm super happy to see Phil Noto and Dean White on art for this book because they are two of my absolute favorite artists working at Marvel right now, and it just it shows they shine mm -hmm. in this comic book. It's mm -hmm. just gorgeous. I, I really, really love this issue, but it's it's a heavy one. Yeah. As always, with any X-Force or anything Rick Remender writes. Speaking of which, Rick Remender, Venom number 16, written by our buddy Rick, drawn by Kev Walker. This is kind of a one and done, removing Venom a bit from his ongoing drama, which is his tragic, terrible life, to he is escorting the human fly, who he captured oh. either last issue or a couple issues back, who's this gross acid-spewing villain. Like, he's done such great work in turning yeah. a nobody into a really yeah. cool, terrifying Yeah, villain. and it started back when he was writing Punisher because yep. this was one of the guys he brought back from the dead. But yep. yeah, Human Fly, Venom captured him, he's escorting him into custody, and Kingpin basically wants Human Fly dead. He stole from him, and he sends the Hobgoblin after him. This turns into kind of a three-way melee between Venom, Hobgoblin, and Human Fly, but Human Fly has a lot more to it than just a bad guy trying to get away. He is appealing to Venom on a different level. He has got some stuff he wants Venom to help him take care of, and you get a great fight. You get some great emotional stuff. You get some more wear and tear on poor Flash Thompson, and then you get a big twist at the end, which is either going to make you pound your fists on the table or clap at how ingenious it was. Mm. And you've also got awesome artwork by Kev Walker, who's been doing great stuff over on Thunderbolts. Brings his style over to Venom, and it's a, uh, it's a perfect fit. Wolverine and the X-Men number 9 out this week, written by Jason Aaron, art by Chris Bashalo with inks by Tim Townsend, Jimmy Mendoza, Alve. It's an AVX crossover. Bashalo is one of the most incredible artists of the last 20 years. I just look at his stuff and I just lose my mind because it's so detailed. He does such amazing things with expressions and, and uses panel layouts in, in such great ways and does such fun little things that you want to pour over every page. But this is an AVX tie-in. It happens really during the pages of AVX number one. It's about Captain America 
going to Wolverine and the Westchester group of teachers and X-Men and saying, this is what's going on, who's with me, who's going to deal with this, who's staying here, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's really cool to see how things happen at the Jean Grey School through all the beginning steps of AVX and where everything leads to. While this is happening, you get a hint of more of how insanely dangerous the Phoenix Force is and it's coming towards Earth. And there's a funny bit with Planet Sin and all these people betting on what planet is going to be destroyed next. And on top of that, you've got a gladiator cameo, hmm. which is always a hoot for us. I like when Cap first shows up at the school, basically, how uh, how the school itself greets him. Yeah. That's a treat in itself. Yeah. Also, there's dupe in the book, and I love me some dupe. There is some dupe. Some dupe going on there. Over in X-Factor, number 234, it's the long-awaited reunion of Jamie Madrox with the rest of his team and with Havoc and Polaris as well. It goes exactly as you would have hoped uh, in that it is hilarious, and I won't spoil any of the jokes here, but Peter David, as usual, sir, you are the master. Leonard Kirk draws it, and the bulk of this issue focuses on a confrontation between Monet and Layla Miller. It's been a long time coming. Monet is pissed at Layla for bringing Strong Guy back from the dead without a soul. She thinks he's done this, she's done the same to Madrox. They end up going at it physically, and then they have a really poignant conversation. It's a really great character issue for Layla, who can always be a bit of a cipher, and we're not really sure where her motivations are coming for. She's really starting to become more of a human character, and I like seeing that. And in the background, there's some threats lurking uh, with the isolationist and some other fun villains, but this is really the Madrox X-Factor reunion show, and I dug it. That was so good. And then finally for this week, we had X-Men number 27, written by Victor Gishler, with art by Jorge Molina, as well as Salva Espin. This is the conclusion to the X-Men Forgiven team-up with the assassins from all over the world coming after the Forgiven, the X-Men trying to stop them, and also trying to help Jubilee figure out if she's going to stick with the X-Men, which she's going to end up basically trained to be a better vampire with the Forgiven. We have a pretty awesome fight between Jubilee and Lord Deathstrike, of all people, and some other awesome fights as we go, uh, some great Deadpool moments, some cool stuff with Warpath, some cool stuff with Domino. Everyone gets a moment to shine here, and Jorge Molina continues to be one of my favorite artists on the rise. Really impressed by his work. It's so glossy, it's so fun, and Sal Vespin does a great job here, too. So a nice wrap-up to another nice little story in X-Men. Adjectiveless. X-Men objectiveless. Not objectiveless, adjectiveless. There is an objective to this book. I'm sick and everything sounds wrong to me. Two of the week, it's not really much of a question. I think it goes to New Mutants, but yeah. Avengers versus X-Men is pretty tremendous oh, as well. Yeah. Those are two really good books. Yep. I would put those two head and above, but New Mutants is one of my favorite of the year so far. Agreed. Yeah. You won't find an argument here, because I won't argue with you about it, because I agree with you. So there's no argument. They toss it out to the room, see if they had some different reactions. Blake Garris? Amazing Spider-Man. Really? Yeah, Amazing? A lot. Just because I met him over the weekend. Really? Have you read the issue? No, but he's a really okay. nice guy. <laughs> so completely corrupt. You can be easily swayed. Your he opinion was such can't... a delight. Yeah, all right. You can give Dan Slott some sort of award, but you need to actually read the issue before you... No? Just shaking your head? No. Nope. Okay. Nancy? Nancy for the win. Your final twin of the week? AVX. AVX. All right. Good so call. We got, we got an AVX one. Very strong issue. And you, re- and you actually read the issue? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Because you're because she's on top of it. New mutants too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. professional. So. Yeah, that's why she got a job, Blake. Yeah, and, and you don't, and you're just toiling here as our slave. But I met Dan Slott. Yeah, good for you. 
Not only did he meet Dan Slott, he sat down next to him at dinner and heard all of Dan Slott's stories that he was telling me. Oh, boy. Dan Slott's stories are the best. They are the best. They are the best. All right. Very cool. We got our Tomb of the Weeks here. Let's talk collections on sale. It's always courtesy of our buddy Max Beckman. You have Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus Volume 2 hardcover. That is going from the 30s through the 60s of the original Amazing Spider-Man with some other specials thrown in. So that's a big deal. Some of the best stuff ever. Avengers Serpent Crown, released in hardcover. Emma is out in trade paperback. Fear Itself, The Homefront, is out in hardcover. Fear Itself, Uncanny X-Force, The Deep, that combines the Uncanny X-Force and The Deep limited series, is out in hardcover. New Mutants, A Date with the Devil, featuring your previous New Mutants love affair. Hootie hoo! That is out in hardcover as well. Red Hulk, Hulk of Arabia, is out in trade paperback. Six Guns, which we love, that's out in trade paperback. Ultimate Comics Avengers by Mark Miller Omnibus is all of the Ultimate Comics Avengers limited series by Mark Miller, all in one place. Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 4, Death of Spider-Man trade paperback. That is also out. Wolverine and the X-Men by Jason Aaron, Volume 1, hardcover. X-Factor Volume 13, Hard Labor trade paperback. X-Men Fatal Attractions is out in hardcover, and X-Men The Hidden Years Volume 1 is out in trade paperback. I'd never seen that Hidden Years stuff until I got the collection. Yeah, I grabbed it from Cerulli immediately. He doesn't even know he got it. Good. Since he's been in and out of the office so much. There's a lot here. There's some good ones. There's an inclination on my part to go nostalgia and say Fatal Attractions. There's an inclination to, just on the strength of that issue, go with New Mutant State with the Devil. But ultimately, i got to go with Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus, Volume 2. I've been reading that stuff for the first time in the last couple years, and it really stands the test of time. It is so good. And if you can get a big chunk of that, I say go for it. Yeah. I would go with uh, Ultimate Comic Spider-Man, Death of Spider-Man, maybe. Very good as well. Just still sticks with me. Yep. Tom Brennan's still crying. Yeah, always crying, that man. Weeping. Although Blake is now buddies with Tom as well, so he can go console him. United Six, represent. Yeah. Digital comics released on the app this week. Let's run them down. We got a bunch. Well, in addition to the ones I'm about to tell you, everything we talked about uh, that are out in print, also out in digital this week. However you want it, you may have it. Yeah, and according to uh, the list that intern Carrie made, apparently it's all out twice because she copied the pay and she copied and pasted the list and put it in twice. Real good. So that's what you're leaving us with, Nancy. Thanks a lot. Thanks for everything. Great. All right. In addition to all those, you can get Astonishing X-Men Ghost Boxes number one and two. Avengers Origins issues, including Ant-Man and the Wasp, Luke Cage, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch, Thor, as well as Vision. So that's all of them. All yep. of the Avengers Origin one-shots. Also, Avengers The Origin, numbers one through five. Daredevil, the current series, numbers one through seven. Gotta read those. I don't even know who you are if you've not read those. Harley-Davidson Avengers, custom publishing issue number one. Mythos Captain America, number one. And Mythos Hulk, number one. And Secret Avengers, numbers 6 through 12. Yes. And then as far as collections released on the app this week, we've got Avengers Prime, Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman, Volume 3, Secret Avengers, Volume 1, Mission to Mars, Spider-Man Matters of Life and Death, Ultimate Spider-Man, Volume 9, Ultimate 6, and X-Force, Volume 3, Not Forgotten. Of course, in addition to the Marvel Comics app, we've also got Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited right there on marvel.com. And for that, you can access a whole bunch of new issues, including classic Power Pack, issues number 12 through 16, the first three issues of All Winners Squad, Band of Heroes, 
the Juggernaut one-shot from 1999. Issues 2 through 5 of Lorna the Jungle Queen, one of Blake's favorites. Finally. Yep. Finally coming at you. And uh, issues number 11 through 14 of The Nam. Issue number 1 of Silver Sable and the Wild Pack from the 90s. And... I almost forgot issue number one of Lorna and the Jungle Queen. So, Blake, you get the full collection. Power Pack number 17. Issues two through four of the 1995 Star Jammers Limited series. And issues number two and three of the Heroes Reborn Iron Man. There's so much awesomely random stuff. Yeah. I love it. It's really just like shooting machine gun paintball at a wall. Shoot your machine gun yep. paintball at a wall. Just throwing darts at this point and getting some cool stuff up, making Blake happy with all that Lorna and the Jungle Queen. <sighs> He's got a Lorna the Jungle Queen tattoo. It's I know. Great. You don't want to know where. I got it over the weekend. Yeah. That brought the <laughs> podcast to a screeching halt. Let's get back to it. Are we going out west? We're going to go out west to Mr. Mark Strom, who's going to give us some info on games and movies and TV. Hello, hello, hello there, this weekend Marvel listeners. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom, a.k.a. Stromy, coming to you, as always, from Marvel Studios out in beautiful, sunny, overly sunny, always sunny, it frightens me, it's always so sunny, California. First up, we have news on what's going on with this week's Marvel Universe. Marvel Universe, of course, airs every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Disney XD. And this week, we've got all new episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and the Avengers' Mightiest Heroes. First up... In Ultimate Spider-Man, we get to see Spider-Man meet one of his superhero idols, Iron Man. And uh, Iron Man has a bit of wardrobe advice for Spider-Man and gives him the Iron Spider costume that you might remember from the comics. It's the costume that Spider-Man wore during Civil War and right up in the lead-up to Civil War. Of course, Spider-Man being Spider-Man, he's not too used to flying around in a suit of armor with repulsor beams. He causes a little bit of havoc. Some things go wrong. Uh, He may cause a traffic accident or two. He may set some stuff on fire. And he may accidentally get possessed by being made fully out of energy and accidentally try and kill Tony Stark. So, you have that to look forward to in Ultimate Spider-Man, and as far as Avengers Mightiest Heroes goes, it's a great episode chock full of all sorts of goodies. We've got Sword, we've got Abigail Brand, we've got Peter Gyrick, we've got... The Cree, the Cree come to Earth. Ronan the Accuser floats down, and the Avengers have to face off against him. Captain Marvel returns. You may remember Captain Marvel was in season one of the series. Carol Danvers returns. Carol Danvers also appeared in that Captain Marvel episode from season one. And Carol Danvers may or may not get a wardrobe change herself. As you know, Carol Danvers in the comic books eventually becomes Ms. Marvel. Will that happen here? 
maybe, yes, I'm so excited. You'll have to tune in to see it all, though, and we'll be able to talk more next week. So that pretty much covers everything for this week in Marvel Universe. I'll send you back to Ryan and Ben, and I will be back in just a short bit with enough Avengers news to choke a rhinoceros with. So until then... Here's Ryan and Ben. Thank you, Strami. All right, we're going to go right now into news. Ben, why don't you start us off? Sure. Ryan is going to tell you all about C2E2 in a little bit, but just focusing in on the comics announcements that were made, Matt Fraction and David Aha, we talked about them reuniting on a secret project. We can now say it is Hawkeye, ongoing series. Looks like it's going to be awesome. There's going to be a crossover between Mighty Thor and Journey into Mystery called Everything Burns, involving our favorites Thor and Kid Loki going up against basically everything they've been preparing for since Matt fraction started on Thor. We've got Ultimate Comics Divided We Fall, a event taking place in all three Ultimate Comics titles. We've got a new, I know you're excited for this, we've got a new Gambit ongoing series by James Asmus and Clay Mann, which is an awesome creative team. Looking forward to seeing what they do with the Rajin Kajong. Alright, so I can tell you're psyched for that. If looks could kill, yes. I would be dead in my seat right now. Over in Wolverine, Jeff Loeb and Simone Bianca are returning to do the Sabretooth Reborn storyline. And we have some artists going to new titles. We've got our buddy Ryan Stegman going to Fantastic Four. He's being replaced on Scarlet Spider by Koi Pham. And finally, the great Jamie McKelvey is jumping on board Defenders. We released two new apps last week, an Iron Man app and an Avengers app. You can check out Marvel.com for more information on those. Both are custom reading apps that help you learn about the characters and also check out some cool original comics. Also, last week we finally announced what Spider-Man was. It's going to be Peter Parker meeting up with Miles Morales in a huge story, and there's plenty of coverage on every aspect of that story all over Marvel.com. So Ben mentioned that we went to C2E2. I was there along with Mr. Blake Garris and several other Marvel folks, and it was a great show. It was actually... Actually, I gotta say, C2E2 2012 was one of my favorite conventions in a long time. It was a lot of fun. Fans were absolutely terrific. It was a packed place. We were having a lot of fun. I got to do a lot of cool stuff. Uh, you will hear all the interviews we did. Blake, we did. We interviewed Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. We, Blake was telling me all about it. He, he yeah. was a delightful, yep. very polite, and nice young man. He cursed a lot, mm-hmm. so there's going to be a lot of heavy editing in yep. that podcast. But he was far nicer than I had anticipated. Yeah. Blake said the same thing. Yeah, which is great. I'm glad that the kid's really nice. We interviewed Sean Astin, which for me was a highlight because he was Mikey in the Goonies. He was, he was Rudy. Rudy, he's Samwise Gamgee in Lord of the Rings. I will punch you in the face right now. You stop. Did his career end after Rudy? Okay. You stop. He was a pleasure, Ben. You take it back. I I know. He was great. I loved him in Rudy and uh, Goonies. I just, I I wonder where he's been for the last couple decades. Being a pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how much that pays. Well, he told a really great story about almost directing Fantastic Four. Ooh, yeah. Which we'll have that on the, on the episode with him. We interviewed Chad Michael Murray. Really, Blake interviewed Chad Michael Murray. A pleasure. Well, Blake's a huge One Tree Hill guy. I guess. Yeah, no, he's, always loved, thing. he's always loved that yeah. show. Chad Michael Murray, very nice young man. Yeah. Very nice young man. Talked about Gambit a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, still liked him. We'll move on. Yep. Got to meet and interview John Barrowman mm-hmm. from Doctor Who and Torchwood, who, as everyone who's listened to this podcast knows, I love me some Doctor Who, do. and I love me some Captain Jack. Yep. 
Captain Jack is I've referenced him when talking about Namor a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago. Captain Jack, John Barrowman, just amazing. It was such a great interview. Loves Captain America. Ooh, cool. He's huge Marvel fan. He had some great stories. Now, is he American? Yeah. I didn't know that because I just assumed everyone on Doctor Who is. He's British. huge in the UK. Interesting. Yeah, he's, he's a huge singer. He's got great fans. He, he was mobbed the entire weekend. That's cool. Yeah, it was Always great. Nice to see that with, with nice people. Yes. Uh, Blake, would you characterize him as a pleasure? I was going to say no, but he was the most pleasurable. <laughs> Interesting. He was the most pleasurable. There you go. There's your Good Blake Garrett soundbite of the week. So far. Yeah. In addition, we talked to Scotty Young, who is always awesome to talk to and had a lot of fun talking to Scotty. We talked to that rapscallion, Ryan Stegman. It was great because I was sitting down at Ryan's table chatting with him before the interview right. and these fans came over and they were like are you leaving Scarlet Spider we read on you know whatever site you're leaving Scarlet Spider and he and I looked at each other and we were like no because it was before the news right. had broken and of course the rumor mill churns as sure. it does but yeah unfortunately Ryan has left Scarlet Spider but, but he's, he's going to Fantastic going Four a, exactly I mean look Ryan if there is ever a book that could fit Ryan's talent an incredible ego. It's got to be Fantastic Four, because that is, first of all, going to be a great showcase for all the great stuff he can do, but also, hopefully, that will satisfy just the raging beast inside his head that's whispering to him how amazing he is. Yeah. Yeah, and Common Andrushovsky is going to be doing covers on Fantastic Four, which is going to be great. That, I talked I didn't to Common know that. for a while. That's awesome. Yeah, he was very excited about that. As yeah. was I. Did you tell him how much we love his X twenty three? Yes, I, I was like, Good. you did the last cover for X twenty three, right? And he said, yeah. I was like, I started yelling at him. Oh my god. Yeah, but we love Calman on the show as well. Who else did we interview? We interviewed a bunch more people. Did we? Blake doesn't remember. I don't remember either. I've had you put together a list, and we don't have the list in front of us. Anyway, we, we did a bunch of interviews. It was great. Uh, we had the panels. Lots of fun at all the panels. Good crowds. Good questions. It was a great weekend all around. I'm really glad we went to C2E2 and hopefully continue going to that because it's a, such a good show. Thanks to Peter from Read Pop and everybody else uh, on that team for all their work. But, of course, as good as the show was, the journey home was not... Without difficulty. Can we edit some dramatic music in here before you go into it? Dun, dun, dun. Like, Look I, don't think, I don't think you understand when I say edit in. I mean do something like in post-production. Bom. This is easier because I was going to do this anyway and record it and then put my voice yep. in. So there it is. Done. Blake Garris. Better done than right. Bong. Bong. Anyway, we were sitting. There were seven of us sitting in our hotel lobby waiting for the car to take six of us to the airport. We were all on the same flight. The Who six was the of us. seventh? I didn't Tim Dillon was the seventh. Of course. It was great because he would show up every once in a while, mm-hmm. sort of like on the periphery, yeah. asking what's going on. But there were six of us. It was myself, Blake, Arun Singh, Sada Aminat, Tom Brennan, and Daniel Ketchum. So three editors, two directors, and Blake. And, <laughs> and, me. and, and so Blake as the beef. As his first convention. So we're sitting, waiting for our car. I get a phone call saying our flight was delayed about an hour and a half. Okay, you know, what can you do? That's what happens. Then we were all happy because then we could have time to sit down and have some food at the airport. We go, Blake walks past 
Who is this fella? Paul Wesley from the Vampire Diaries. And that's just, I wish he had somehow resurfaced into the story. Which is true, because he was in Chicago for the Vampire Diaries. It's true. It's true. Blake did some painstaking research to prove this to everybody. I just Googled Paul Wesley Chicago. Yeah. And... You got information. Research. Yep. So we see Paul Wesley. I don't know who that is because I don't watch the program. Missing out. Not missing out. Apparently I am missing out. I know even Dan Buckley loves it. Yeah, That's he's it. a huge fan. Yeah, and it's not even a joke. That's like lots of people here love the show. So maybe I will check it out. Got to be have an open mind. You don't know. It could be good. So anyway, everybody's like, let's tweet them. So they start tweeting them, and I tweet them as well, even mm-hmm. you know, saying, hey, come have a drink with us. We're, we go to Chili's, you know, eating good in the neighborhood. Yeah. We sit down, and we're enjoying a meal. We're all tired. No Paul Wesley, but I get a phone call saying the flight has been delayed another 20 minutes, and we're all like, Rawr. More. Who's calling you? Is it actually United There's an, calling you? United has an automated you know, service. Like 15, 20 minutes later, another call. Flight canceled. Yep. And it was just like everybody's faces went white. They were was just like, no, we're all sad. Arun gets up, takes charge, mm-hmm. starts making phone calls. Ray Chenkasang, who's here at Marvel and does so much stuff, got us hotel rooms right away because, get this, United booked us on a flight at 7.30 p.m. the next day. Right? Yep. Yeah. Am I right? So Been there, all, man. Yeah. It sucks. We're all like, oh, my goodness, because... It's always busy at Marvel, but, you know, for me, with the Avengers coming up, super busy. Editors, they're all working on a million things. They have to be here. Arun's coordinating a million things. You know, everybody's super crazed right now. So we're trying to figure out how to get home sooner. We say, all right, let's finish our food. We'll go. We'll deal with United. We get to a United kiosk, and the line is gigantic. There's like 50-some-odd people, maybe, waiting. The people working the United desk were just, they looked like they were in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. We get online. We hear a woman in front of us was online for an hour and 15 minutes before. I had already been online for that long. We go. Jim Chung, artist for Avengers Children's Crusade, was supposed to be on our flight. Mm-hmm. He got canceled and booted to a different flight. So we go. We deal with it. Rune... Tom and Blake had all checked bags in. Right. So when we get up to the desk, the guy's like, oh, you're not going to get your bags back. Not anytime soon. You should go downstairs to bag check and see what happens. And, yeah. So we're all like, excuse me? They go. Then the guy working the United desk says, hey, does anybody have the phone number for Delta? And we're all like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. At one point, he started doing something, and he's like, wait, what was I doing? You guys made me lose track of my train of thought. We're like, oh, this is the worst ever. These people are awful. He was both helpful and completely not helpful at all. It was strange. So I get a text from Arun saying, two to four hours until they can get their bags. We end up getting booked on a 9.30 a.m. flight for Monday, much better than 7.30 p.m. We have our hotel rooms. We're like, all right, we're going to go down, meet up with the rest of the crew, find a way to get to this hotel. The hotel, the the guy says, go downstairs to baggage claim, check the board for a sign for our hotel, which was the Crown Plaza, call them and they'll come pick us up. We go down, the guys who don't have their bags decide, all right, we'll get them tomorrow, whatever, no big deal. We try to look for the phone for Crown Plaza. It doesn't exist. We look all over the baggage area. Phone does not exist. We end up calling them. It's torrential downpour outside. The Crown Plaza people say, wait outside. We'll come pick you up. 
10 minutes later, they come. Apparently, there were like 50 other people waiting for the same van, the same bus to pick them up. But I don't think they called because Crown made it seem like they weren't sending another van anytime soon. So we all squeezed in. Blake almost fell over on the right. the bus. Classic Blake. It was a nightmare. When we got to the hotel, it was like a murder hotel. It was great. There was a tattoo convention. Blake ended up wandering around the halls all night. Right? While dogs were walking around the lobby. I can't believe you're still here, Blake. Uh, the guy showed you his, he pulled down his pants for you? Not for me, I was just, he pulled down his pants to show his tattoo, his inner thigh tattoo. Right. As you, one does. I was in the elevator at the time. Yes. Still thinking about it in a bad, in a bad way. All in all, we do this, we get going fine, we get there. We were lucky enough to get $20 in meal vouchers, Ooh. so we all ate relatively well. I, Arun had three Egg McMuffins, three hash browns, and three things of apple juice in the morning. You know, high protein. High protein for that guy. It was, after he was done, he looked at me and goes, this is not going to end well. Nope. Oh. But we all went. We, we finally got on our plane. We got back home. How long did you guys have to wait for your bags, thanks to United? Tw- 20 minutes. 20 minutes? Oh, mm-hmm. Rune said that well, it was, was like two hours. That was anticlimactic. No. Oh. And then Diane saw your walk by. As she is often so, going to do. It ended up being good. Yeah, so all in all, the trip was crazy. If you guys want to follow along to see everything that happened in real time, check out the hashtag United6, the number 6, United6 on Twitter. It was reported on the gossip sites. It was everywhere. It was an ordeal, but it's funny to talk about yeah. it now. Just talked about movies being made. Yeah. TV movies. Oh, yeah, we were talking about the United uh, Hunger Games. Right. And, you know, we were having a lot of fun with it, the best we could do. Yeah. Luckily, we're, you know, six really creative people, and we were just making each other laugh and, and having so, fun. As the victim of many uh, delayed flights, as you know, because you've lived on the other end of hearing me talk about how I won't be back today, <laughs> and it's all about who you're stranded with. If you're lucky enough to be stranded with a good group like that, you can make lemonade out of lemons. Yeah, and it, it formed a bond between the six of us that can never be broken. So, United Six forever. How do you follow that up? Uh, we're going to talk about the Avengers. Oh, there you go. Boom. This past weekend, while I was at Chicago, the Avengers fan screenings happened all across the, the country. Unanimously excited fans. They loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. So happy to hear that. Everybody was having a great time. Loved the movie. I hope you got to check out a fan screening. If you did, great. If you didn't, the movie comes out real soon, May 4th. Reaction to the film have been great, both from fans and from press who went to the premiere. It's incredible. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to Strami right now, who's going to give lots more Avengers news and, and more news about movies and other TV and games and everything. Greetings once more, listeners. As I promised earlier, I am back now with enough Avengers news to choke a rhinoceros with. And when I say choke a rhinoceros, I don't mean like a baby rhinoceros. I mean like a freakishly mutant large rhinoceros that is actually like seven rhinoceroses all just like smashed together into one giant rhinoceros. It could choke that. So, first up, we released this week three new clips from the movie. One of them featured Thor and Iron Man duking it out in the woods. It's an incredible clip. Ah, 
I, I'm always wary of saying too much about these things because, as you know, I've seen the whole movie, so I understand the context a little bit better. But go check it out for yourself, and I think you will greatly enjoy it. We also saw Loki imprisoned, a little exchange between Loki and Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Nick Fury explaining why Loki may not be as happy as he thinks he should be, that he has managed to tick Nick Fury and shield off to the extent that he has. Loki, of course, being very menacing, you get a taste of just how evil Loki can be and just a taste just a taste loki's pretty evil in this one we also had captain america and thor battling against loki's army in the streets of new york a really amazing exchange where they trade blows with some of the invaders that loki has called upon and you get to see just how big and how fantastic the action in this thing is going to be. And just trust me, you watch that clip, you say, holy, wow, that was amazing. It's just the tip of the iceberg as far as all the incredible action moments in this movie. We also released a new Avengers featurette called Tension that sort of delves into the the tensions between the characters because when you really think about it, these are characters who shouldn't inherently get along and that's what makes them so great and what makes the team dynamic so great. I mean, you've got a giant green monster. You've got a hero from Norse mythology. You've got a super soldier who fought in World War II. You've got a billionaire playboy philanthropist genius superhero in a suit of armor you've got two shield agents when you really think about there's not much these guys have in common other than they all want to save the world so this featurette has Joss Whedon the director and several of the actors sort of talking about the ways in which these different characters clash get along mesh together it's really fun we also had the announcement that Mondo will be doing seven limited edition posters for Marvel's The Avengers. They will each be done by different of Mondo's artists. Mondo, of course, does brilliant pop art limited edition posters for different movies. You can check them out right now on marvel.com. We have the Black Widow poster and the Hawkeye poster up at the moment. The Black Widow one in particular is just truly stunning to me. It's very minimalist. And the Hawkeye one is also incredible. The main design, of course, centers around the arrows and it really all radiates out from there. It keeps the purple color scheme that we associate with Hawkeye, and it's really just stunning to see, and we will hopefully have more posters to show you very soon. In addition to that, we had interviews this week with Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, and Clark Gregg, who of course play Thor, Captain America, and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Phil Coulson. Each of them talks about working on the Avengers, the differences between working on Avengers and working on their solo films, and where their characters are at as the movie begins. So if you want to get a little preview of all that, check into that. We also announced, or rather uh, showed off, some 
collectibles from Cenotype Collectibles. I hope I am pronouncing that right. They, what these are, are they are bookmarks or cards or movie tickets that have actual film cells from Marvel's The Avengers in them. They're limited edition. You can read more about them on Marvel.com and check out all the different ones that are there. They're very cool. And the great part about the movie tickets is that you can actually redeem them for actual movie tickets. So again, check out Marvel.com for more info on those. Let's see here. What other Avengers movie news do we have? I know. We had the Moscow premiere of the Avengers, and we had a full gallery of photos from that this week. The entire, or almost the entire cast was there. Some of the producers were there. It looked great. You can go and check out some of those photos now on Marvel.com, or I believe we've posted some already to the uh, official Marvel's The Avengers Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash Avengers. You can also go over there to check it out. We also showed off a new commercial for something called shieldops.com which features Agent Sitwell from the movies. Agent Sitwell of course was in Thor and was in the short Marvel one-shot The Consultant and also has a uh, very small part in Marvel's The Avengers and he has a new mission for some of you. You can go to shieldops.com to check out more info and join up with S.H.I.E.L.D. as they collect data on the Avengers initiative. I think that pretty much covers everything for Avengers for the moment. But in other Marvel movie news, we announced that Iron Man 3, which of course doesn't hit theaters until May 3rd of next year, 2013, will be co-produced in China. Iron Man 3 will be filming in China for a portion of its shoot, and a Chinese production company will actually be co-producing that part of the shoot. So you have that to look forward to. We also revealed a new Amazing Spider-Man poster and a new Amazing Spider-Man standee that gave you an awesome new look at Spidey and his full costume. Of course, he doesn't look like he's doing too well in the new poster. He's a little scratched up. Could those be from the lizard? I don't know, but considering the lizard is the lizard and has claws, probably. So you can check both of those out on Marvel.com, of course. Moving from movie news to TV news, we just released Superhero Squad The Infanty Gauntlet Volume 3 on DVD this past Tuesday. This collects six or seven more episodes from Season 2 of the Superhero Squad show. In this DVD, you see some of the adventures in which the squaddies are separated and sent to different corners of the the Marvel Universe. So for instance, you get Hulk landing on the planet Sakaar, and you get a little superhero squad version of planet Hulk. You get Captain America teaming up with Devil Dinosaur and Moon Boy, which has me all different types of giddy. And you have much, much more, so you can pick that up on DVD right now to further along your season two collection. And 
In sort of a cross between TV and games news, we launched our new Flash game on MarvelKids.com and Marvel.com, Ultimate Spider-Man Iron Spider. And this, of course, is inspired by this Sunday's episode of Ultimate Spider-Man. And the basic premise is that S.H.I.E.L.D. is under attack, and Spider-Man needs to run around the helicarrier, finding all the different pieces of his Iron Spider suit so that he can eventually suit up as the Iron Spider and save the day. Of course, you still have Spidey's friends, Power Man, Nova, Iron Fist, and White Tiger along to help. This is some old-school side-scrolling action. I've had a chance to play some of it myself. It's been really fantastic. I have not yet completed my Iron Spider armor, so sadly I have not been able to fly around as the Iron Spider just yet, but hopefully soon. So head over to marvelkids.com or marvel.com backslash games, and you should be able to find that and get playing. And with that, I believe I have covered everything. If I've missed anything, apologies. Please correct me. Don't, don't actually correct well yeah you, you you can correct me and then maybe i'll cover it next week but i think i got everything there may be some more surprises and stuff coming up later today or tomorrow but until then this is mark strom marvel.com assistant editor in los angeles your man inside marvel studios signing off and Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ben. Back to you. Thank you, Stromulus. All right. I think that covers all the news we have for this week, so it's time for This Week in Marvel questions and comments. Once again, if you want to send us a question or comment to address on the show, use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. Also, next week, we're going to be doing another, hopefully, ABX-centric podcast with Tom Brevoort and Nick Lowe. So for that specifically, after you've read ABX number two, send your tweets with the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvelAVX, all one word, and we will get those to Tom and Nick. Terrific. The first question for this week is at Jedi Masketeer tweets to me, great to meet you and the Marvel crew today at C2E2. Love this week in Marvel. I'm a Twimamaniac. I believe it was Jedi Masketeer who yelled out at the Marvel House of Ideas panel that I'm a Twimamaniac. And if it was not not him, then it was someone else. And nonetheless, thank you very much. You're awesome. Uh, I met a bunch of fans of the podcast, of our blogs, of our site, of our Twitters, of everything this weekend. And it warmed my heart. And my heart's pretty warm. I'm a happy yeah. guy. But it warmed it even more. A couple from at Brad the YM tweets, guys, for episode 25, could you do a live this week in Marvel? There's free software that can make this happen. Hmm. Well, well seeing as how you guys are listening to a not live episode. This is not live. Yeah. A live episode, I'll have to look into it. We just yeah. don't really have the ability to do that right now. Maybe by episode number 50, we'll Maybe. look into it, mm-hmm. but... We gotta, we gotta think other ways to make every episode. I mean, every episode special. Yeah, and maybe we could do that at a convention or some other fun. event. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. All right, another one from at Brad the YM. Love the new Avengers cartoon. Am I the only one that misses the season one theme song? You're not alone, Brad. I mean, the season two theme song. 
And actually, it came to being halfway through season one. It is the season one theme song. It's just a shortened version yep. with uh, a voiceover, which introduces the characters, which is pretty cool in itself and certainly is good for you know anyone tuning in for the first time who wants to know the characters. But I know what he's saying. I love the old school uh, with all the words and all the lyrics. And, uh, you know, I'll still go online and listen to it. So yeah. you can get the best of both worlds. And we are strong. Then just fight as one. Ah, oh, so good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, get, it's it, a great theme. Having song. heard it nine billion times, yeah, it's totally. You used to just play on a loop at conventions. Yep. It never it got still sick. Does. Never got sick of it. Yeah. All right. A good one from at Caitlin and Craig. How does Marvel temper social issues and fictional storylines in the books, or are current hot topics usually avoided? There's no one single way. Sometimes the topics will come up, and the political landscape of the time or social issues of the time are relevant to the characters, relevant to what's going on in the Marvel universe, then they can show up. We don't really like thrust stuff in unnecessarily, but there have been times like, look at the 70s, there's a lot of drug stuff going on, and Stan bucked the trends and mm-hmm. put a, a you know a really important social awareness story together for Spider-Man with drugs, and like that was a big deal. So it happens. The stuff isn't like we gloss it over, but... It's not like plastered on the front cover, like, torn from your local headlines. Like, Dan Slott and Mark Wade have recently in Amazing Spider-Man done some not flat-out, like, Occupy Wall Street-type stories, but definitely stuff dealing with the economy. Yeah. Remember the Electro story and the Gauntlet dealt heavily with that. So, it's weaved into the fabric of the universe because Marvel Universe is very much supposed to be similar to your universe, yep. as we say at the end of every show. Exactly. Yeah, it affects our creators, and thus it can influence our stories. But always to inform and benefit our stories, not to sort of shoehorn them into anything. Question from Onisama, who I don't believe has tweeted to us before, so welcome. First timer. Yeah. First timer. What are the chances of re-releases of old X-Men trades, such as Fatal Attractions or Fainings? Oh, man. Onisama, you picked the right week because, bum, bum. as we just said, Fatal Attractions is out in hardcover this week, so that is very cool, very exciting for everybody. I loved Fatal Attractions when I was a kid. I think it's vastly underrated as an X-Men storyline. As far as Phalanx Covenant... I just read a relatively recent trade. I think yeah. it was a Generation, Generation X, X classic. But, I mean, that had the core storyline. It line. had the... Yeah, it had the main Phalanx Covenant storyline. I'd love to see the whole thing released as some sort of yeah. omnibus, but for the time being, yeah, you can get Fatal Attractions in hardcover, and if you go pick up Generation X classic volume one, you get the main through line of Phalanx Covenant, as well as the first few issues of Generation X. So, it's a win, 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 win. At Verti tweets, love Jim Chung's cover to AVX1, but it does look like Cap and Psych are singing. What are their respective jams? <laughs> mm. It does look a little like that. Yeah. Well, I think Captain America would be singing I'm a Real, uh, real American. Yeah, I'm a Real American. Rick Derringer? Yeah. Well, I think we were on a wrestling podcast, and oh, yeah. we were asked, what would our entrance music be? Yeah. And I said that would be my song, Hulk Hogan's main WWE theme song yeah. from back in the day. I could still listen to that and get charged up and oh, ready to fantastic. fight. Yeah, and you're really excited. That, Living in America by James Brown, also a big jam. But you know what? I mean, the thing with Cap is I don't think he's listened to any music written post, like, 1940. So he'd probably be singing, like, The Saints Come Marching In or something like that. <laughs> like Philip Sousa March. Yes. So I don't know. I, I know what we'd like to hear him singing, yes. but I don't know if that's necessarily going to be. Cyclops. Born This Way. 
Little Lady Gaga. Yeah, totally. You can see Cyclops jamming out to that in Utopia. Yeah. No one else is watching. Yes. At Bibliotech tweets, just finished Fantastic Four number 605, and yet again I'm blown away. Marvel, stop breaking my heart. Possible twim of the week? Bibliotech, you hit it on the head. Yeah. You and I, that was we one, know this. That was one of this. our twins of the week last week. I was sitting in our boss's office yesterday, yeah. and he had a stack of comics, and he hadn't read FF. And I took it, and I slapped him with it, and I said, you have to read this. Because he's a huge Thing fan, yes. Ben Grimm fan. So that's an epic issue. Yeah, and any excuse to slap him in the face with something, Yep, got to take it. At Ninth Gen Hero tweets, I'm dedicating tomorrow to listening to every This Week in Marvel I've missed since the little mini hiatus. Yay. Awesome, Ninth Gen Hero. Enjoy it. Yeah, thank you. Ninth Gen Hero also tweets, To Strami, you're the best adjective slash verb lister ever. Sure. Why not? Blake, would you agree? You're, you've been editing Strami stuff lately. Strami's a delight. Or pleasure? Me. <laughs> Delight. Yeah. Why don't you keep better rolling, than a pleasure. Keep rolling around in that chair, putting all that noise, and you're gonna have to edit out. Yeah, my ways. Good job, Blake. <laughs> Good job. Oh, Blake. The punching um, bag of this podcast. You know, I'm gonna say something right here. Mm. Strami is is amazing. He's one of my favorite people to ever work at Marvel. Sweet. I hired him, so I'm glad. But someone tweeted to me about Strami and criticizing the way he talks last week, which made me really angry. Mm-hmm. And this is one of our, someone who's commented on the podcast before, and you know, I don't care. You guys can have opinions about our stuff, but when you're insulting to Ben or Blake or Strami, you can insult me, whatever, I don't care. But if you insult the rest of them, that's not okay. I don't stand for that, and you're done. I'm banning you from commenting or at least talking about your comments on the podcast from now on. I'll talk to you guys about it before, but you guys can have opinions, but don't be mean. There's no reason to be mean. When we joke about stuff on the podcast, that's just us joking. We're actually just we're having fun with each other. We're never mean to each other in reality. So I don't appreciate it coming from anyone else. That's my two cents right there. All right, let's keep going. At Comics Dude One tweeted, "When will we see Joe Mad back on the pages of an Uncanny X-Men book, or any other book for that matter?" Uh, there's no immediate plans for Joe Mad on Uncanny X-Men. I do believe he will be back on Avenging Spider-Man at some point. There's no timetable right now. You know that book was always conceived with Joe kind of coming in and out with some other people helping him out along the way. So he should hopefully be back, hopefully within the year on Avenging Spider-Man. We'll get some more Joe Mad art. Cool. Comics Dude One also tweeted that Joe Mad style, who is at Joe Mad X on Twitter, mm-hmm. if you're not already following him, his style isn't consistent with most Marvel artwork nowadays. Is this the reason why there hasn't been more Joe Mad X? And I would say definitely not, because no. anytime Joe wants to draw for us, we will open up the book for him. Right. He, he can draw pretty much anything he wants. Everyone here is a huge fan of his, and he still has an amazing style. Yeah. There's not a house style to Marvel. There's so, that, so many different types of artist work. Just flipping us. through here, you know, I'm looking at like my first three books. Humberto Ramos and John Romita Jr. are certainly not going to get mistaken for each other, yeah. nor is Salvador LaRocca or Alex Malev. Just the first four books I picked out of my stack here, those are four completely different styles. So yeah. there's not one Marvel style you have to adhere to. And certainly Joe is an incredibly talented guy, and we love his style. And yeah, anytime he's, he's up for doing stuff, and anytime he's got the time to do it, we'll take him. And we are right now. We're waiting for more Avenging Spider-Man from him. Yep. 
All right. At Captain Malcolm tweeted, is there ever any chance at an Incredible Hulk director's cut Blu-ray? These deleted scenes are so incredibly perfect. You know, uh, Mr. M. Russell Nelson, I'm not really sure. Again, it's one of those things like, it's possible, but I, I don't know. Maybe when The Avengers comes out, we'll know more. There's always possibilities, but I say that completely just talking. I have no info about that, but I wouldn't count on it, but it's possible. So, yeah. Whenever you guys ask, is there ever any chance at anything, it's almost like... There usually is a, a chance, chance ever, but how big is it? We don't know. Yeah. At Captain Malcolm also tweeted, what's your favorite dynamic relationships in the Avengers movie or the Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon, if the above is too spoilery? Well, for the movie, for the film, you know what? It's like everybody has their own great moment. Cap and Tony have great stuff together. Tony and Bruce Banner have great stuff together. Coulson and Captain America have great stuff together. Hawkeye and Black Widow. There are lots of great pairs, and it's really, it's an Avengers movie. It feels like these characters that you know and love. Yeah. On the cartoon, I really enjoy Hawkeye and Hulk. There was that mm. Gamma World multi-parter where Hawkeye yeah. basically had to go track down Hulk and recruit him. I just like the way, you know, it's kind of like the least powerful Avenger, the most powerful Avenger, how they mesh together as a team. They're pretty fun. Hawkeye with anyone on that show is a lot of fun. I like Hawkeye and Black Panther a lot, too. And really Wasp with anyone, too. Wasp and Thor. Wasp is terrific. Wasp and Hulk. Wasp and Hulk is yeah. maybe my favorite thing. So I think Wasp, Hulk, and Hawkeye all are kind of good pivots to center everyone else around on that show. And as we saw in the premiere, Hulk and Thing. Yeah, Hulk and Thing are fantastic. Another one from at Captain Malcolm. When can we expect the United Six comic event? But seriously, that sounds awful. <laughs> Thanks for the kind words. Thanks for everybody's kind tweets and words throughout the entire thing. We were we were having a laugh just reading everybody's feedback. Me and Alex Kropnick have already been talking about how much it would take to do a stop motion version. Yep. Probably way too much time. Probably. Yeah, we'll stay tuned. Yeah. Can I voice Blake? I think we're trying it. We're in negotiations to get Paul Wesley to voice Blake. Nice. Blake would voice Paul Wesley. This is an exclusive. He's not interested. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got the Dirty Lash section of the podcast. Uh, Mark Smith, one of our regular listeners. I was really excited for the Avengers, but for Stromy to be lost for words saying how good it is must mean it's so good, I am sure I will want to punch it in the face. It's pretty accurate. Dirty Lash, as we all know, Stromy is the highest connoisseur of film excellence. So if, if he's lost for words, it's a huge signifier of quality. And Strami's someone who I greatly trust his taste in movies. Yeah, same with Cirilli, who was at the premiere, and he really, really loved it. And he's pretty heavy on movies. In fact, there's a bunch of more cynical, very critical folks at Marvel who I'm friends with and I've mm -hmm. talked to about the film who have just been completely blown away by the final product. A lot of cynics at this company. You know Companies. what? That's good. You have to look at things with a, a hard eye in order to get the best product. We actually have another one from Dirty Lash directed at Bounty Rolos, who is Nancy in her final... Yeah, that's you. In her final appearance, Dirty Lash would like to know what comics will be good to get my wife into comics. Oh. I guess if it's Marvel-related... Yes, we'd prefer uh, Marvel-related yeah. on this official Marvel podcast. The Runaways is yeah. a fun one, and I guess if she already knows the characters, like the X-Men characters, I kind of really liked Marvel, like the noir oh, yeah. ones, and those were kind of fun, too. Yeah. 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 Cool. Some good recommendations right there. Yeah. I would recommend New Mutants. I think it's it's great, fun 
dynamic for all the characters. My wife reads everything we put out, so yeah. she really likes that book. My wife really dug Runaways, which yep. Nancy already mentioned, and also the original Joss Whedon issues of Astonishing X-Men. Of course. So that's a great one to get people into. Again, from Dirty Lash, who would win in a fight? Serpent Society, Zodiac, or Sinister Six? My heart would love to pull for the Serpent Society here. as They, they are, are class. They are this week in Marvel favorites. But, you know, after the last couple of issues of Amazing Spider-Man, I got to say, Sinister Six, it's hard to beat right now. They got the momentum. They're on a roll. We haven't seen too much of Zodiac, so I know you're going to say something about that. But I, I like the Sinister Six in this, in this triple threat. The thing I would say is Sinister Six succeeded really well against the Avengers and Spider-Man because they were ready for them. True. They had plans for every single member of the team. True. A new group such as the Zodiac, maybe Doc Ock doesn't have as much advanced planning. He'd be smart and they'd be resourceful, but I think based on what we've seen of the Zodiac and how powerful they are mm-hmm. to, you know, Taurus knock out Thor yeah. for a couple minutes, it'd be a big brawl. It'd be interesting. The one thing we can agree is, unfortunately, the Serpent Society would be out quick. Yeah. Very quick. At Dirty Lash, in honor of Blake Garris, what's your favorite superhero facial hair? (laughs) I think we should start with asking the man himself, Blake. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, that's who you pattern yourself after? By far, Doctor Strange. (laughs) Why is that? His mustache is just the mustache. Yeah. See, I would counter that. I would say the mustache when it comes to comics is Dum Dum Dugan. He's got the ultimate super handlebar mustache. You can't beat that thing. He's, he, he looks like a 1920s strongman, which I guess is what he was when he was originally created. and still is. I would like to see you grow a Dum Dum Dugan handlebar mustache. That is my challenge to you. All right. What do you have to do? Nothing. You, you grow a Doctor Strange mustache. I can try. And I'll do Dum Dum Dugan. Okay. It's going to look pretty much like what it looks like now. All right. <laughs> yeah, one of my greatest regrets as a human being is not being able to grow a good mustache. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. You're the man, Blake. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, moving right along. The last one from At Dirty Lash. What one-off issue do you have to pick up for an emergency comics fix? Did we answer this last week? I don't know. Or did I just see this over the weekend and thought we answered it? Maybe you just saw it. I don't remember answering it. We should answer it regardless. What one-off issue? That is a tough one. I'd probably go with, for me, Infinity Gauntlet number four. It's, it's not the, really a one-off issue, though. Well, but I was it's part of a larger one. story. Fine. Need a one and done. That's what he's asking for. One and done. Yeah. Punisher kills the Marvel Universe. Ooh, that, that's a good one. That's a very good one. I would have to think long and hard about it, but the one that's immediately coming to mind right now is the recent, uh, most recent Nova Annual that Dan and Andy did. It was basically a recap of the history of Nova, and it was a really good Rich Rider story, but uh, that would probably not be my final answer if I had more time to think about it. Yeah. That's a good issue. Check it out. Moving on, at Your Hero 2287 please tell me the Descendants will set up residence on Stringstar for the next event. <laughs> I love that. It's just such a mix of two great books. Yeah, Secret Avengers versus X-Club. I would love if Rick Remender, this is a plea to Rick Remender, we know listens to the podcast, to please write X-Club into Secret Avengers. The people want to see it. We want to see it. Make it happen. You know, I saw two Dr. Nemesis cosplayers at C2E2. Mm-hmm. 
That's pretty impressive. It was fantastic. I told Cy, Cy Spurrier, a writer of X Club about him, posted some pictures up. It was great. That's awesome. That is awesome. Our buddy Mike Billiter, at Mike Billiter, enjoyed Agent M quoting Magnitude on this week's This Week in Marvel, assuming that's what his pop-pops were referring to. Pop-pop? I think that is a safe bet. Also, I posted, I think yesterday, pictures of me and the lady who plays Shirley on Community. Oh, very cool. When she was at our WonderCon booth. Sorry, my voice is going because I'm sick, but I'm powering through. Hang in there, Trooper. At Moldwitch said, to at Brad the YM, no, I absolutely love the theme tune. It rocks. I think he's referring to the Avengers theme song we were talking about earlier. At PCE underscore Dead Meat has a few here, so we'll rock into that. Marvel Ultimate Alliance is an awesome Xbox game. What storyline would you want to see for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, and which new playable hero? Let me preface this by saying there are no plans for Mm -hmm. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. This is just Ollie's way to try and talk about a game that does not exist. So this is just, yeah, not a thing that's happening. There are so many great storylines, though. I mean, you could pick and choose any of the great big events. Yeah, I think Infinity Gauntlet would be cool. Of course. Secret Wars would be cool. Mm. And Playable Hero. I mean, you know what our answers are going to be for this. Yeah. I'm going to say Nova. You're going to say Cable. Done. Blake's going to say Squirrel Girl. And, you know, Nancy's going to say Batman. Actually, like Aquaman. Aqua- no. No. <laughs> ah. Edit that. Yeah, edit all of that. I'll edit all of that. You're forced to wear a superhero suit for a week. Whose suit would you do anything to avoid? For him, it would be Modoc or Wasp. Uh, Wasp has a terrific suit. That's I would true. wear her suit at any time. <laughs> Done. That's going to stay with me. Yeah. That's going to stay with me. Deal with it. Um, you know, I was just reading the New Defenders trade paperback this past weekend, and I would probably want to avoid Moondragon as well as mm. Cloud, because Cloud is literally just a cloud yep. surrounding your nether regions. Yep. So I wouldn't want that. Blake Garris? Who's the guy who fought Thor? In oh, the guy who fought Thor? Oh, that guy. Thinking. Right, right. In the movie? Yeah. Destroyer? Him. That would be a lot to lug around. You're right. Destroyer. That would be a pain. Nancy Wynn? Good answer? Anything with spandex. Anything with spandex. <laughs> it covers a lot of ground. Another one from at PC underscore dead meat. You have contracted a Marvel Universe virus. <laughs> this sounds like a bad, like... Yeah, role-playing game. Yeah, bad role-playing game. Which one holds the most fear revulsion for you? I mean, you get a virus, it kind of sucks no matter what. Yeah, it's not going to be good. Um, Techno-organic virus would, would be bad because we don't have cables sure, TK to, sure. to hold it back. The legacy virus, that would be no fun. You get all those boils and the pus and... It's just no good. Yeah. That's Viruses in general, I'll, I'll make a firm stand that I don't like them. Yep. I don't want to come down. It's a bold them. move. Yeah. Ben. But I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stick to my guns on that good. one. Okay, we are now at, at LZR. We're at Patrick Monster. I can't pronounce your Twitter name, Patrick Monster, but it's okay. At Patrick Monster, not at Patrick Monster, just Patrick Monster wants to know, this Infinite Comics thing is rad. How often can we expect these? Uh, we've answered this a few times. we said we're, we're kind of planning. I believe on when we were on the This Week in Marvel mini with Brevoort and Lowe, they said the next one will be coming out around issue four or issue six. 
It's either issue four or issue six of AVX. There's going to be another Infinite comic. Um, six. It'll yeah. probably be for the, uh, right. the start of Act Two. Okay, yeah. So for the start of Act Two in issue six, you're going to see another Infinite comic. As far as beyond that, you know, we're going to keep playing with it for AVX, but it's still something we're getting used to. Everyone's really excited about it, so definitely expect more in the future as far as a firm. This is how often they're going to be. Don't have that for you yet, but stay tuned. Patrick Monster also wants to know, is there a super large, strong toilet in Avengers Mansion for the likes of Thing and Red Hulk? Why are these questions what burn your brain apart that yeah. you need to know the answer to? I, yeah, I've never thought about this. And I'm not going to start now. It reminds me of the, uh, what's to do with razor hands, uh, sword? Oh, yeah. Sword fist? Uh, razor fist. Razor fist. Razor fist. How does he, how how does he, he wipe? wipes. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Tony Stark takes care of it. Yeah. At QY underscore Hulk up says, oh, no need to say underscore in my name. You got it. That's we will. from at QI underscore Hulk up. At QI underscore Hulk up would also like to know, is Jericho Drum dead? And if so, who is the sorcerer or sorceress supreme? Jericho Drum, a.k.a. Brother Voodoo, a.k.a. Dr. Voodoo, is currently not in the land of the living the first arc of the current new Avengers series he sacrifices life to save us from an extra dimensional invasion the post of sorcerer or sorcerer supreme I believe is currently vacant there is no one doing it which seems like it would be more of a problem than it's been portrayed as you would think we would have more invasions from magical realms and whatnot but you know hopefully hopefully uh, Doctor Strange will get around to doing something about that sooner rather than later they need to have a tournament to get That'd the vacant cool. title. That would be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. In Rio de Janeiro. Of course. As where all else? proper tournaments are held. It's true. Uh, one more from at QI underscore Hulk up. I've reread the X-Men World War Hulk tie-in and Darwin would probably just teleport away. That's referring to our Darwin versus, is Darwin versus someone match from last week. Yeah. I forget who the other combatant was, but yeah, that's true. When Darwin is in super trouble, like when the Hulk's threatening him, he just teleports away. Yeah. Uh, you can't really call a winner from there. Oh, it was about Karnak and Darwin. Yeah. As, as at QI underscore Hulk up says in her next question, um, or his next question, because Quincy's kind of a, that can be a name for a boy or a girl, right? Yeah, maybe. All right. Last question from at QI underscore Hulk up. Where is Blade? Blade was last seen in Curse of the Mutants. He was helping out the X-Men, and we haven't seen him since. We like to think he's back in England, working with MI-13. We've talked about that, but really, anywhere vampires are, that's where Blade's going to be. Yeah, having a mimosa. Yeah, yeah, a blood mimosa. Dun-dun-dun. All right, at Ref Gremlin asks, another question for this week in Marvel. Are all hand ninjas undead resurrected, or are there live ones? It seems they usually go puff, but in Avenging Spider-Man number six, Peter refrains from killing the hands ninjas. That's a great question. I was, yeah, I was always under the impression that they are not living. They have basically forfeited their life to the hand, so if you kill them, they basically just go up in a puff of smoke. Having not dealt with the hand a lot, I would wager Spider-Man maybe doesn't know that, and that's why he refrained from killing the Hands Ninjas. He didn't necessarily know that these are not living beings he's fighting with. Or, you know, given his strict moral code and his, you know, nobody will die mentality, he might consider even their lives to be sacred. Peter's pretty good. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Also from at Raph Gremlin, why does Spider-Man Carl Daredevil Magoo in Avenging Spider-Man? Have I missed something somewhere? Uh, well, Raph Gremlin, 
Ref Gemlin. I know you got on my case for mispronouncing your name a few weeks ago. Uh, there was an old cartoon called Mr. Magoo. You may have missed it. It is about an old blind man, and Daredevil is blind, hence why Spider-Man calls him that. I believe that is an invention of Mark Wade. And it's a nickname that, you know, it's a friend's, a really close friend's nickname that he gives to someone else. Right. It's like we call Blake Beardface. Yeah. We've been calling him Beardface for years. For years. I don't think Magoo was blind. He was losing his oh. sight, Nancy. He, he, he was. Right. The thing is, he has trouble seeing. Yeah. Like that's a joke in the show. That was the whole gag. Yeah, the whole gag is him. You like, weren't even alive when Mr. McGoo he runs was into on. walls and like messes stuff up yeah. and yeah, yeah. He's a cute bald thing. He, he is a cute bald thing. <laughs> Definitely a cute yeah, bald thing. Big hor- Never mind. Not getting into this. At Raf Gemlin also says, Another question for this week in Marvel. Does Mockingbird still run the WCA, her spy group, or is she just a part of New Avengers now? I like to think she's still running the WCA. We've never seen them disband. Only Jim McCann knows for sure. And I don't want to ask him. But you can him. ask him. I saw him this weekend. It yeah. was good seeing his bearded face. He's bearded now, too. So bearded. He's got a better beard than you do, Blake. <gasps> <laughs> Exasperated sigh. Yeah. At Ref Gemlin also asks, where's Echo these days? She's not with the Avengers. <laughs> oh boy, Ref Gemlin. You should uh, read Moon Knight. Yeah, you should sit down and read read the last few issues of Moon Knight. Read the series and, that uh, by Bendis and Malief. Get back to us. At Ref Gemlin, could you tell us more about the Marvel Events app? Is it just for U.S. events, all events, or specific ones? Good question. The events app is really based around live events that we do and where we are at, such as C2E2, WonderCon, San Diego Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con, sometimes our live premieres, other big live events where we'll have photos and news and updates and stuff like that. It could be international if we went to an international event as a company, but we don't, we don't really go to those. So for now, it's just U.S. events because that's where we are. Well said. Finishing up, at Ref Gemlin said, started listening to This Week in Marvel 24 on the way to work prior to getting this week's comics. It's worth it for so many reasons. Nothing makes you chuckle as you stroll the office quite like Agent M saying, I loved the flying ponchos. I love them flying ponchos. I really do. I want one. So if if anyone has one out there, I will trade you at least all the comics in my desk for a flying poncho. And Ref Gemlin completes his review of This Week in Marvel 24 by letting Stromy know that his audio was perfect. Previously, there was background noise, but it was 100% this time. So Nice. Well done, Stromy. Well done, Blake. Wait, did you miss the other one above that? Oh, yeah. There's another one. Okay. At Ref Gemlin, shame there is no sound effect for penultimate yet. Blake Garris, you have to do this. Speak to Jeff Sutter. Yeah. Let them send in their sound No, effect. we cannot accept that. Their voices? Nope. All right, never mind. Stop, Sorry. Point, stop pointing yeah. all accusing Don't me. Yeah. point to them or Ben. You have to make this. Yes. Got a pair from at the Ninja 1991 How many ninja do Marvel have, and who do you think is the best ninja? There are so many ninjas in the Marvel Universe. The hand alone has... At least five? Yeah, at least five, if not more. Yeah. I guess it depends on your definition of a ninja, because it's obviously different, you know. Daredevil's artist, ninja also, trained. Yeah, Electra, uh, Electra, Wolverine. Yeah, like I, you look at a lot of the great martial artists. Some when, of them have ninja training. Yeah, when you go to martial arts, I always go straight to Shang Chi. But I don't think he's considered he's a ninja. Not, no, he's, he's a master of kung fu. Ah, yeah. So 
Yeah, I think any of those would be. Yeah. yeah there's, pro- there's probably a better one out there who we yeah. don't know. It's, pro- it's probably some guy from the hand. Yeah. Who, who we, whose name we don't know. Exactly. Because he has no name. Yeah. Also from at the Ninja 1991, when I asked you guys about web swinging a few weeks ago, I didn't try it. I listened. I don't know what was wrong with the other guy who did. Good. Thank you. Good. Thank you, Roman Belcher at the Ninja 1991. Good. Be safe. Be safe. Be smart. Stay in school. From at Ungage. Was there no This Week in Marvel half episode this week, or did I jump from 23 to 24 and miss 23.5? I'm going to jump in there because I was looking at the podcast page, and whomever did 23.5, and I'm looking at them, forgot to zone the episode correctly in Galactus, and that doesn't mean anything to you listening, but... He knows exactly what went wrong, and he has to not do that again. And I'm going to tell him how to do it next time he does it. Can you clarify who you're looking at just because there's two hymns in the room? He's got a beard. There you go. That's all you need. He's got a southern drawl. Yeah. He's learning. Nonetheless. It's up there now. Yeah. It's in the feeds now. It's everywhere. It It was as of late last week, I believe. So we got this question a while ago. Finally, taking us home at Simon Sebs. Really excited for Spider-Man in June. Please pass along my thanks to Brian Michael Bendis. We will do so, sir. And we are excited for Spider-Man as well. Yeah, I was actually, I was talking to my wife last night about Spider-Man. She was a little apprehensive and I... I gave her some spoilers, mm-hmm. not too many, but I won't give them to you guys here. But she's my wife. I can tell her anything. And I reassured her about how awesome the series is going to be, and she agreed. Yeah. So it's going to be good. We're all going to love it. I think that's it, guys. That is the end. That's that is wrap. the end of this, this silver anniversary edition of This Week in Marvel. Can't believe we made it this far. You know, we should probably pay tribute to all those we lost along the way. Who did we lose? Harry Go. Screw that guy. Tancredi, John Tancredi, our original intern on This Week in Marvel. Was he? Yeah. He, he created the This Week in Marvel doc system that we use to this day. Good job, He Tancredi. made so many of those. And he was a guest at one time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, right. The at the end. That was great. So yeah. here's a shout-out to John Tancredi. John was awesome. To all of our listeners who have stuck with us for 25 weeks. Here's to 25 more. At least, maybe? Well, yeah, at yeah. least. Yeah. Hopefully that's just... When we hit 52, that'll be a year. Oh, wow. So, cool. I think it's time to go. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Strami. Thank you, Blake. Thank you, Nancy, for all your tireless work over the last couple months. Even though you're leaving us early and with not enough warning, you have done well. And thank you to the other intern. The other intern. Thanks to all you fans for listening. Really appreciate it. Again, tweet us and, and let us know what you think. This is Marvel, your universe.